Welcome to the Manifest Your Dream Marriage Podcast. I'm Daniela Damsky, Self-Awareness and Relationship Master Coach and the author of The Power of a Growth Mindset, The Journey to Emotional Freedom. I believe that when we become our highest version of ourselves, we become a magnet for love. My goal with this podcast is to inspire you to master your inner world so you can master attracting and maintaining a loving relationship using spiritual and scientific principles. Thanks for joining me today. Today, I have a special treat for you. Michael Sue, author of You Are the Fucking Shit, Heal Your Anxiety, Anger, and Depression from the Ground Up. Michael helps individuals heal generational trauma and is the creator of the Emotional Strength FIST process. He developed this process to take back control of how you think and feel. Today, we discuss healing and strengthening all of our relationships with our significant other, children, parents, and ourselves by guiding our inner child. Thank you for joining me today. Okay, thank you, Michael, for joining me today. It's great pleasure having you on the show today. So I was looking over your website, and I have a question uh, that many people probably would have if they were just going to your website. What does it mean to be an intergenerational healer? Uh, It is when we, because first you want to ask yourself, are you highly sensitive, highly empathic? Meaning if somebody around you is feeling anxious, angry, sad, or depressed, are you able to feel it, sense it, or pick up on it? If yes, then you are very likely the one out of five people born with the gift of high sensitivity and high empathy, which I call emotional antennas. With this gift, you can subconsciously zap yourself. If you misuse it, you can subconsciously zap yourself into somebody else's movie thinking it's your own, And in that scenario, it's incredibly confusing, painful, even traumatic, because no matter what you do in this movie, nothing ever changes because it's not your movie. Just imagine you're in the movie Terminator 2 thinking it's your own and nothing you do changes. Is that because you're attached to the emotion of the other person? Like you can feel the vibration and and you almost take that on? Is that what you mean? Yes. And the reason why this happens so easily, because it begins in our childhood, a child is born with this gift, but they don't know how to use it consciously or correctly. So they are soaked, bathing in the unresolved energies, pain and traumas of their parents, but they're feeling it as their own. And that is where that's where it happens. You can be in many, many other people's movies. But the first critical movie that we are in is our parents. Okay, so tell me more about what it means to be highly sensitive. Like if somebody were to ask you some questions, what what questions would you ask to say, oh, yes, I am definitely highly sensitive and not just... Um, empathetic to somebody. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself to be highly sensitive, but I can be empathetic. So uh, back to that question, if somebody around you is feeling anxious, angry, Mm -hmm. sad, or depressed, are you able to feel it, sense it, or pick up on it? So you yourself would feel 
anxious or you're just aware that they are anxious? You can, you, you can be aware of it. You can feel it, sense it, but it's, you're, you're yeah, you're kind of picking up on it. Okay. And you're taking that feeling on yourself. It could go to that extent, but if you can already just feel it, mm -hmm. sense it, that's when you're misusing your gift. When you take it on, you try to put yourself in other people's shoes and really take on their emotional pain and baggage. Then that's when you're misusing the gift. But if you can feel it, sense it, or pick up on it, somebody's anxious, worried, fearful, angry, frustrated, depressed, you can pick up on it. Mm -hmm. And how would somebody that is using their gift in the right way be using it? Um, I, I want to give you, I want to give you, um, I was kind of rereading my book and I, I, I saw this example of high sensitivity. Um, her name was Angie. Uh, I had the luxury of recording people that volunteered themselves. And so there's dialogues in it. And so Angie was saying she was uh, talking to a lady at work, her coworker, and she could sense something was wrong with her. Like emotionally, she didn't feel well. And she asked her about it. And her coworker said nothing in response and kind of like walked, you know, kind of like walked away. She didn't want to talk about it. The next day she came to her like, how did you know I was feeling, uh, feeling bad? And it just, I uh, said, I don't know. I just could feel it. And she's like, because my friend had just passed away that day. And if I had told you, I would have lost it. I would have cried at work. That's a really strong example. People... Um, you can read people's body languages. That's another sign. Um, but uh, I think the common question is if you can feel it, sense it, or pick up on it. Okay. Well, then perhaps I'm highly sensitive and <laughs> I haven't put the name to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So in relationships, you get close to each other and you get to know each other really well. And I think that you know, if you know somebody really well, you can pick up on all of those little subtleties in their face and their voice um, just by knowing them. Would you agree? I mean, for sure. Um, there's so many layers, as, as you know, to relationships and marriage. You know, I believe that the most difficult things in life are, you know, relationship with your life partner and having children. It triggers old buried emotional wounds so you can break the cycle things that happen in your childhood think things that happen they keep on happening intergenerationally um and so you get fused in with their energy but something about their energies and unresolved emotional pain and traumas very often mirror one of your parents Yes, I totally agree. I mean, I could not agree more with that statement. It's to me, what I see is that you are re, you are trying to heal those parts of you. Like you're, you're with someone and that someone is presenting things that you need to, to heal and bring up out of the shadow. Do you, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it happens in so many layers. Um, <laughs> So this is more recent because when I look at my journal and if I'm talking about my marriage 
and it's very often that is I'm talking about my marriage, and I always say, oh, I I hate it when she makes unilateral decisions. She makes a lot of unilateral decisions. Decisions she won't tell me, and it it could be something small, it could be something big, and it makes me feel like she's so selfish or self centered. Her behavior is is and. That happens to be one of her biggest life lessons. She acknowledges it, and she's working, trying to work through it. The thing is, I am secretly mad at at my mother because she was self. She's very loving and supportive, but she was selfish in that she always, till this day, projects her fear of death onto me. And she and I, I've already told her that it harms me, but she still does it. And so it's selfish because she'd rather hold on to her unresolved emotional pain and traumas through through this projection of fear of death onto me, rather than even though it harms me, she'd rather choose that than to protect me. And so it's just so weird. I get so angry at my wife when I'm secretly upset with um, with my mother for being selfish. Having said that, it's very important that. I practice forgiveness. If I tell people you open the gates of forgiveness, it will the pain that was caused by the thing that the, the event that caused you the original trauma, it will be able to be released. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So tell me, what is your favorite method of forgiveness? I mean, I'm, this is more recent. This is what I'm telling you. This like this happened like in within two weeks. So stuff keeps happening, and I had my own personal session. So I'm still learning, but it's just no. It's just no understanding that the forgiveness to you know to either one of my parents allows what I'm forgiving them for the pain that was caused by the original trauma. Allows it to be released from my body, released from my being. Without the yeah. forgiveness, if I, I I see clients, they hold on to the anger mm-hmm. about what happened. That anger, lack of forgiveness, ties you and chains you to the original trauma that was caused, the original pain that was caused. You're not able to be free of it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's exactly, I mean, that's one of the first things that I work with my clients on is forgiveness, because sometimes when they come to me, they've had some past trauma, or they're currently in trauma, that is creating a lot of fear, a lot of anger, a lot of anxiety, depression. And so the first thing we work on is forgiveness. And my favorite is Ho'oponopono. It's a Hawaiian prayer. And it's just, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And if you do that for 14 days, you should see a huge transformation in the way that you feel and the way that you think about the other person. It's not so traumatic anymore. So it's really, you know, it's a profound um, healing that maybe you can do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Definitely look that up. (laughs) Okay, that's great. All right. So you've explained what highly sensitive is. And so when you're talking to people about their childhood trauma, do you believe that the the trauma gets stuck in the body or do you think it's just a mental thing or do you actually think it's, it's physically takes form in part of your body? It can take in a physical 
uh, form, but it's also an emotional. I like the word emotional trauma because when we hear the word trauma, we think it's uh, is a limited version of what trauma is, like sexual abuse or PTSD. But mm-hmm. emotional trauma is very pervasive, extremely common. I think it happens in almost all families, and that's what's unspoken. Um, I'm sorry. Repeat that question again. I'm just wondering if the emotion, the emotion, is it stuck in your body? Do you believe it gets trapped into part of your body where let's just say you have something, you know, maybe you were stabbed in the back by somebody. Do you, do you, can you feel like the pain in your back? I mean, I've noticed that for myself. I'm just wondering with your clients, and, and all the childhood trauma, have you experienced working with people who have had a physical ailment that had gotten so far to create a physical ailment? Yeah, yeah. Because I started off as a holistic health practitioner. So my practice was healed from the ground up and I would help people with holistically with their physical conditions. But then I found my true purpose, which is the emotional healing aspect of it. And when I started introducing that with my clients, they just 70% of them just started bawling right away. And something that I found very interesting is, um, and it it happened every single time that I would ask that question. And it it is women with um, symptoms of hormonal imbalance, specifically their sex, sex hormones, talking about progesterone, and estrogen. And normally when they would have these symptoms, like I had a, a client who would bleed nonstop for one month in a row. The clots were so big that uh, it was like the size of an egg. And I would also volunteer at a vitamin shop just to market my, my practice. And I would, when people told me about the symptoms of progesterone deficiency or um, I would always ask this question do you put yourself last mm. and, and all of the, I've never met one there's never they all said I put myself last I was in you I remember give me the chills so that yeah. that that's resonating really well with a lot of the women that I work with wow tell me more it's and I remember this one time at a vitamin shop, she's just talking to me about um, the hormonal imbalances, the symptoms. And I, was, and I asked, do you put yourself last? And this is in a public store. She immediately started crying in the very moment because it hit her at her core. And so that's, I, and the lady, which, and I did uh, suggest taking bioidentical progesterone cream, but also putting herself first not being a servant. That's what it, it doesn't mean being selfish. It just, it means not being a servant to others, not feeling like your only, ex, your reason for existence is to serve the pain of others. Okay. Um, after she did that, within a week or two, her hormones and the bleeding regulated itself. So that was uh, amazing to see. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So it's all, it, it can be very connected is what you're saying is the emotional trauma can create a physical um, ailment in the body. I, 
I that's what I see in my patients. I'm just wondering if you, or I shouldn't say patients, clients, wondering if you had experienced the same. And it sounds like you do. Okay. Yeah. 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 So tell me more about what you help your clients to to do. To what's the outcome that your clients would get by working with you? It's a step by step process because they're initially fixated on a problem that is bothering them or an emotion. That's the first thing that they see. That's the only thing that they see. So how do you go from there, step A, to go to step C, or this, you know? And so first, I, because they're all they're all about thinking, thinking, overthinking. So I, I introduced um, this process I call the emotional strength FIST fist process. So F stands for feeling, and I tell people feeling is healing. The antithesis of that is thinking, thinking, overthinking. We don't want to feel because we feel like if we feel, then we will we associate feeling with feeling pain. So we overthink to avoid feeling our negative feelings. But it's important to identify our feelings. I call it cutting the head off the snake. They're not true about who we really are, but we got to identify them. And there's a mantra I tell people that will center themselves. And the mantra goes, problems bring up feelings in us that existed before the problem ever happened. So my wife um, has a severe problem with being on time. Our second date, she was 40 minutes late. She's always late. It still makes me up, you know, upset or bothered. And it makes me angry, but it makes me feel like I don't matter. But that feeling is not caused by her. It is just brought up by her or triggered by her. Yes, she should change her behavior, but this is a feeling that I feel is not true about who I really am, but I need to identify the feeling rather than fixate on the problem or the fear to avoid the feeling because we only avoid what is real. So if we avoid our feelings through overthinking or fixating on a problem, we're saying that that feeling is true, that we are a failure, that we are worthless, that we are powerless. And how do you get people to stop overthinking? By focusing on the feeling? First, commit to the act of feeling. You don't have to actually feel the pain. Just feel, feel within your body because we're always in our head. Our true emotional antenna is our body. And so we're not connected that, to that gift, but we also just want to feel. That's how we truly feel in our body. Feeling connects you to your soul, connects you to your creator. And then you want to identify the feeling. It just, you just know, I'm cutting the head off the snake. I have to identify the feeling. If I avoid the feeling, it's, I'm saying it's true. So I've got to identify the feeling. So to identify the feeling, I use, so that's the fist process, eyes identify. So you want to identify through the PEWF poof process. P is problem. Ease emotion. W is a worst fear, worst case scenario. So for example, you know, I talked about in the book where I had, um, had a lot of sleep issues. Uh, and one thing that really, really made it very severe, it was the birth of my son. After the birth of my son, after I, had, I would wake up in the middle of the night, either to go to the restroom or change a diaper. And then immediately upon waking up, I feared I wouldn't be able to go back to sleep. And that was pretty much always the case. And my, my son was born in the Czech, 
uh, Czech Republic because my wife has free access to healthcare there. So we were there for two months and it was happening for two months straight. And I felt my worst fear was death. I'm going to die. Worst fears are not logical, but we have to pull it all the way there because it helps us identify the underlying feeling. So you want to, the proof process, problem, emotion is anxiety for me. Worst fear is death. F is feeling about the self. You want to imagine if your worst fear came true, how would it make you feel about who you are? Now there are three common core feelings that come up. I call them FWP. F stands for failure or failing others. W is worthlessness, which is an umbrella feeling. Either I don't exist, people don't care about me, I'm alone, I'm abandoned. Even the fear of death, because if you die, you cease to exist. P is powerless. Either powerless as a protector because you feel immensely responsible for others because you feel like you're a servant or paralysis because you need to be in control. And so for me, it was mainly, there's so many aspects of, but if I die, I cease to exist. It's a feeling of worthlessness. I come home after two months, my parents picked me up at the airport. We all have dinner together as a family and we share stories. Me and my wife share stories on how, we raise our son as a newborn and how my parents raised me as a newborn. And I found out for the first time ever, my parents never took care of me throughout. I mean, I'm sorry. My mother never took care of me throughout the night. She was scared. If I were to wake her up, she would never be able to go back to sleep and she would die. She has an obsessive fear of death. She does not open the blinds during the day. If you go to the house, it looks like it's nighttime because she's scared about other people peering in, picking in, but you can't even see inside because it's all blocked by the big wall anyways. And so what was amazing was as an infant, I felt and internalized her pain and trauma. 40 years later, when I had my own infant, I repeated the same exact trauma. How is that possible? But that showed me it is that powerful intergenerational trauma, which is one half of the emotional trauma pie. I feel the second half is the childhood trauma. Those were really critical for my, my understanding, my healing, my awareness. Yeah, that's really powerful. I like it because, well, I like that you use a bunch of acronyms <laughs> and, because, you know, those are powerful. Um, your book sounds really amazing. I, I work with a lot of people that have had tra childhood trauma. And they think that they have moved past it because they've spent, you know, years in therapy or, or, you know, they feel like, like I had, that didn't impact me. That might've impacted somebody else, but that didn't, that didn't really impact me. But until I got really still and learned about self-awareness and went inward and looked inside of me and, and looked for the emotions and then traced back where they originated did I realize that I had been carrying a feeling of abandonment since I was five years old and I repeated patterns of being abandoned or, or sabotaging the relationship so that I would be abandoned <laughs> so that I then could heal this. Eventually I healed it. It took me a while to heal it, but once I did, I no longer saw that pattern anymore come up. I no longer felt that I wasn't important anymore. I no longer felt that I would, I wasn't good enough. So I healed a lot of the limiting beliefs that I had 
about not feeling worthy by just just going inward and, and looking at that. So sometimes therapy can be very good, but for me, it wasn't very powerful. It did not really get in inside like I needed it to. So do you see the same thing where therapy, uh, people could go through therapy for years and then they come to you and are able to resolve some childhood trauma or emotional trauma within a short amount of time? I mean, yeah, short amount of time, but it's important to hold yourself accountable and meet, you know, it's, you're not going to heal it overnight uh, but because stuff keeps coming up and you keep learning and growing. So that's a good thing. Um, it's like an onion to me. Like that's what, that's the, the analogy I use is that you have this onion and you might've healed this one part, this one memory where you felt unimportant. And then another time in your life, maybe older, you had the experience of feeling unimportant or abandoned again. And then you have to heal that one. And then you go to the next one and it's almost like you keep healing the different ages, memories, different parts of you, I call them parts, but different memories and, and experiences until they, they stop coming up. And sometimes even after years of doing this, all of a sudden I recently had an experience of sadness that I had no idea was still um, stuck inside of me after all these years because I was attracting a lot of women who were sad. They were sad when they came to me. And I didn't realize, but that was also to help me to heal, help me to see what exactly I needed to look at. So do you, do you get people that are you attract, do you attract people that have similar situations as you or completely different? Is there any, do you see any mirror at all? No mirror, I don't, I'm just joking. Um, this is a complete, I don't know, this is my personal experience, but it's a complete mirror. Um, when I see a client, it's almost like I'm entering my own, not, uh, I don't want you, it's important not to fuse myself right. into the other person's energies, right. but it's, uh, it's like, in, in many ways, when I reflect, it is like my own therapy session because I can see myself in ways I could not see just by looking at my own self. And mm -hmm. I'm always taking notes and, and I learn something and I put it into my main notes uh, for future writing, future books, and it, it helps me heal. So it's a huge part of my learning and growth. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and which, you know, I teach, I teach people how to attract a partner, a soulmate partner as well. And so I tell them, you have to be that what you want. You have to internally be the frequency of the person you're trying to attract. So if you really want someone that has integrity, you have to have integrity. And where are you out of alignment with your integrity? You want an honest person. Are you completely honest with other people? Where are you misleading or not being honest? Otherwise, you're going to attract people that are going to be mis you know, misleading or not honest with you. And you'll be wondering why, because you're not actually seeing it. And I feel like mentors 
show you blind spots that you can't see. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, before I met my wife, I had a really, really bad habit um, of I would go on these dates. The first date, I would find what was troubling them emotionally, coach them through, and they would cry. At the, <laughs> so like, and, so you and, would make them cry because you were doing therapy on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, and then I got invited to do a uh, a workshop, parenting workshop, and um, for free because I wanted to collaborate with them with the person coordinating it. And so I brought my mother and then that was the first time I realized like, wow, I, I'm helping all these people. And I would always wonder like, how come I help all these people? And they, they have such traumatic childhoods and mine seem okay, you know? And then I realized how so many things I had experienced. I just did not acknowledge them. I wasn't aware of them. And so when I stand like, oh, I'm also messed up too. Uh, then that's that I don't know that opened a door for, for me to be able to meet my wife. Mm -hmm. So is your wife messed up too, or <laughs> you figure it out? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, she had her own stuff that she, <laughs> she had to go through a, a healing process mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to let go of the trauma, emotional trauma she grew up in with her household. And when she was able to make that initial, um, breakthrough I think that's when we were able to meet yeah yeah I find that when people come to a, a breakthrough session with me you know they want to fix their spouse or get their spouse to come back to them get their spouse to agree to working on the relationship but oftentimes they weren't really happy in the relationship in the first place so they're just a lot of times afraid of losing their partner, losing the relationship. Um, but one thing that leads to that is that they start to resent qualities in their partner. They start to judge their partner. They start to self-sacrifice and, and not take the time for themselves. And they don't look at their childhood wounds. And I find that they repeat their childhood wounds in their relationship, and that creates a lot of resentment. They're, they're, they're thinking it's their partner, so they're blaming their partner, looking at their partner for the problem as if they're the problem without doing the real deep inner work that is necessary to have a, a really good relationship. And that ends up leading to them being on the verge of divorce and then seeking help. Um, so that's what I see. I mean, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Marriage is the most difficult thing in life. And it just, it keeps on coming up and it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And you just, you have to be committed to seeing the wound that's coming up and to work through it. But having said that, it just keeps coming. <laughs> that's I, I love that you said committed to see, like looking at the wound that's coming up. Okay. Someone, I was just on a podcast the other day and someone asked me what's the single one, like the one thing that you know that that person is for you. And I said committed, right? Because you have to be committed 
to understanding you and understanding them. I think that once I learned my husband's wounds, once I understood why, how he thinks and why he thinks the way he thinks, I had so much more compassion for him when he wasn't acting perfect, when he was hurt, when he was defensive, um, because I could actually see the trauma and I could see why he was experiencing that and why I was actually bringing it out in him. And I became very compassionate to him. And that, and he was also compassionate to me. Once I started learning about my own issues, he, he stopped thinking it was him. He stopped believing it was him. And he realized that it was truly something that I needed to work through and that he really couldn't help me go through. I had to go through it myself. Um, you know, he didn't study energy healing and he didn't do all that. So it's not like he really could, but he could hold space for me and hold, hold, you know, give me a hug if I needed a hug and draw me a bath when I need a bath. And, you know, he does things to try to facilitate me taking time for myself so that I can do the inner work that I need to. But I think the commitment to yourself and figuring out why you keep repeating these behaviors and why this keeps coming up is so important and sticking with the relationship, even though it may be hard, even though it just may suck at times. If you can stick through that and continue to work on yourself, then you can make it through really difficult times. And I, like I said, I believe that people are actually having these experiences for a reason. And that reason is that you need to, sorry. Yep. That's okay. It's my wife. She needed the water and the water puts See, she needed water. <laughs> <laughs> so they're coming up for a reason. And uh, I, I believe that the relationships are mirrors. And my husband, when we got together, everything was great for a couple of years. And then we started fighting. So then all my trauma started to come out and his, his trauma. And we fought like cats and dogs a lot. I mean, it was pretty bad. And I thought, man, I've never fought with anybody before like this, but I kept going at it. And, and it wasn't that he was a toxic person. Our relationship became very loud. Um, but I knew that this was all inner work, that it was, it was on me. I, I knew that. And he was actually holding the mirror for me and holding the space for me to do my healing. And he was still committed to me for a really long time through that process. So Yes. So with it. <laughs> Say it again. So stick with it because your relationships are those those mirrors that help you to actually be the best version of yourself. And if you try to escape it or just, you know, feel like you're just done with it, it is going to repeat itself in the next relationship. Yes. Yes. You and I think a lot alike because that's exactly what happened. And I think that it gets even louder. I think that the universe or God or whatever you believe in, how whatever you believe in, it knocks on your door and says, here's a relationship. Now go heal these parts or look at this stuff. Okay, now I'm going to give you another one that's very similar, different person, and you're going to experience the same things. And it took me a while before 
I guess I'm a slow learner. <laughs> it took me a while before I actually realized it was me. And I probably would have not realized it hadn't my husband told me multiple times that it was me <laughs> and that perhaps I needed to take a look inside to see what was the real problem. That's the purpose of relationships is to, and, and to have a family, to have children is to break the generational cycles and break the cycles of your childhood. And so it's just, you learn to accept it and embrace it and to stick with it because the learning and healing and growth and transformation that's going to come out of it will, will never cease to amaze you. I, my wife, upon getting married, wanted to have a child like, like right away very soon. And I said, like, I just want six months to go traveling. And she's like bargain with me two months, you know, like, <laughs> and ended up being like, a, ended up being like five weeks. And then she got, you know, pregnant. Um, but, and I, and the reason why I wanted to prolong a little bit, cause I didn't feel uh, quote unquote established Ready. in my career. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was going to hold me back, but because I wouldn't have time, but actually it propelled me because now I can understand the pain of humanity. The pain of humanity resides in our homes, in our families, in our childhood, in our ancestry. When we take care of that, that is, we take care of world peace, I believe. That's awesome. I think we should end the, the podcast with that statement because that is beautiful. So where can people find you? on the web, what's, what's your website address? And tell me a little bit about the books that you have so that they can reach those. I'll put them all in the show notes for everybody as well. And people can find me at my website, heal, H-E-A-L, from the ground up.com. And it's all about going to the root of it all. And um, my first book is called, I don't know if you're okay with it's okay. playful yes. profanity. <laughs> it's called, You're the Fucking Shit. Heal Your Anxiety, <laughs> Anger, Depression from the Ground Up. And the second book that I just released, which is Whose Movie Are You In? Transform Your Intergenerational Trauma Into Your Source of Light. Uh, that's a big one because it's not just your parents that you're fused with. Their pain came from somewhere. It was there before you were even born. So this is about your grandparents, your great-grandparents. I hear stories from clients who have worked with young families and the child is mimicking the same exact pain and trauma of their great-grandparent which which they never met and the tra tra event that they never even heard before but they're in the same movie and it just uh gives me chills and so you mm -hmm. you want to understand that because as a child you are fused with the unresolved emotions and energies and pain and trauma of your parents and likewise for them you want to see, see the whole picture of where they're coming from but you don't want to get consumed in it and lost in it you want to understand that and you can begin to create your own movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, um, as I was taking a shower this morning, that's where I get a lot of the downloads from the universe. And one of the things that I was thinking about is the question why, right? So why is this happening, right? Because it's happening, but understanding the why I feel is super important. So yes, your, yes. your books are going to be great for people to 
to read. I'm going to go get them myself so that I can learn more as well. Thank you so much, Michael, for joining me today. It's been a great pleasure and honor to have you on my podcast. And uh, I appreciate you. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Daniel, again, for it was a pleasure. It was a great honor to, you know, like minds to connect and to, to share wisdoms and experiences with each other. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much. Thank you.